Spectrum Health presents Journey to Mental Health, a 30-minute podcast addressing the causes and treatments of mental health issues with your host, Bob Stahura, along with Melanie White, licensed mental health clinician. Join us on our journey to mental health. Melanie, 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 welcome back to another edition of Journey to Mental Health. How are you today? I am good, Bob. Thank you. You know, uh, we were talking before we started recording. I had a nervous morning this morning. <laughs> I misplaced my briefcase. Now, mm-hmm. but you know what? I had important papers in there, and I went into panic mode. I was about to have a great day. I was getting ready to have my coffee, Yeah. and then I couldn't find my briefcase. So my day changed. And, and, and I, I'm not making light of this at all, because with some of the chemicals that are in my body, mm-hmm. it just churned. Mm-hmm. And I went into panic anxiety mode. And yeah. for the first hour and a half of my day, I could not see the forest through the trees. I have all these things to do, this podcast yeah. being one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked into the office, and there it sat. And all of a sudden, it I had the release. I found it, okay? but The briefcase. But we all have stressors yeah. that... that, that can make or break our day. And you even said that you had some today. I had to come to the point of saying, stop, stop. You can only control what you can control. It's okay. It's okay. Right. Right. And I had to really kind of say that to myself um, because there was, at the moment, there was nothing I can do other than to follow what the next step was. Right. Right. Throughout the morning. Right. And, and I also didn't get the cup of coffee. So um, I, it's still sitting at the desk with the top closed. <laughs> and you're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Control what we can try. You know, all we can do is take like that step forward to try to do that, because reality is, even though we have a plan, um, that doesn't mean it's going to work out the way we expect it to work out. You know, that cup, cup of coffee was nice and hot, and it was ready, and it was sitting on the counter. And as I started to move and move and move, it stayed right there. I got you. I got you. <laughs> and let me tell you what this lost briefcase did for me. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I mentioned to you, uh, my wife and I are going on vacation in a few days. And yeah. whenever you go on vacation, it you work like four times as hard to get everything yeah. done so you can go. And by the time you go on vacation, you're so exhausted from working. You, you know, the vacation is just kind of a wash. It's a but, true fact. But no, so the briefcase thing, I had all these things that I need to get done this week. And the briefcase thing just threw me for a loop. Yeah. But when I found it, it put things into perspective. It's like, I had no control over where the briefcase was. Yeah. But when it, when I found it where I left it, all the other things that I have to do this week, it's like, yeah. I can do them because I have control over right. them. Right, right, And it's right. like, all right, so if I have to work till midnight tonight, I'll do it, but I'll yeah. get things done. So it was a, it, it gave me perspective. It, it kind of reset my, my compass. Isn't it just, it is so profound when you, it's, it's really profound when you think about the way in which if something happens and you don't have control, but the mind still does. It spirals out, right? And the mind and, and then your stomach are connected, right? So you have this terrible feeling in your stomach, might be a little nausea, and then now all of a sudden your mind is like all over the place and it's like, I cannot think. And then here comes the briefcase and it's like, ah. <laughs> so I say all that to say welcome to another show and we are here to discuss mental yeah. illnesses, addictions, yeah. and how we can overcome, 
find help. You know, it's not going to go from A to Z like that. You've got to go from A to B to C, yeah. but eventually you'll get there. And that's what this show is about. It's about hope. It's about getting there and, you know, helping as best we can. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. So we have an exciting show, mm-hmm. uh, aside from the two of us, you know, yeah. as scintillating as, as we are. We have a wonderful guest um, <laughs> on our second segment, a young man named uh, Trey Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you found him. How did you find him? So I had been knowing Trey Love since he was probably about six years old, maybe five. Um, and um, he has had a awesome journey throughout his lifetime. He's 31 now. Mm-hmm. And um, I know over time he has made some different um, oh, uh, different achievements um, throughout his lifetime. And I've been able to watch him. He left Buffalo, went to North Carolina, and I still um, am friends with his, his mother and his family here in Buffalo. And, and I just thought it would be so awesome to have a conversation with him um, because, again, I think it's important to, yes, we on the sometimes we're on the outside Mm -hmm. but I know that he has experienced some things within his life and I know to hear his voice and his words and his perspective was an awesome thing right he's an actor he's a dancer he's a poet he's just doing wonderful things and we'll get into that in the second segment Um, speaking of acting and uh, and all of that recently um, went to see the Artie Awards which is the theater community here in Buffalo, the awards night, and mm-hmm. I always wanted to go. I thought it would be fun. It was amazing. Yeah. Fun. It's like the Tony Awards, in, in, in but in a Buffalo setting and with, with, with local actors, and, and they did segments from their shows, and, and the thing that, that stood out in this particular award show this year for this season was the uh, emphasis on mental health. Mm-hmm. Two of the shows that were produced this season uh, were by a playwright named Duncan McMillan. Uh, he's from Britain. Uh, he wrote People, Places, and Things, and then another show called Every Brilliant Thing. And they were produced by two different Western New York theater companies, and both were outstanding. In fact, Alex Malays, who I'm hoping that we can have as a guest on our show, won for Best Actor for Mm -hmm. People, Places, and Things. Mm -hmm. And we listened to her acceptance speech, and she talked about her struggles with addiction and her 11-year sobriety now (laughs) and how you just can't be afraid to talk about things if, if you're going through something. And it does not, what I love, she said, it does not discriminate. Yeah. Race, yeah. gender, sex, uh, socioeconomic status. It's, yeah. It affects yeah. everybody. Depression, anxiety, um, all of that. It's, it, it's, it goes, everybody experiences it yeah. in yeah. one form or another, some more than others. I, I didn't get to go to the, the, the award show. I didn't get to attend the award show. And it was, I got Bob, let me see it on, on his, um, he taped it. She was brilliant, first of all, um, to see her on stage and to actually uh, open up. And, and she's been vulnerable all along, Absolutely. right? Because um, I got to see people, places, and things. Um, um for at Spectrum, we we were able. I think we got about twenty five tickets where we were able to go free and see it. And it, first of all, let me say, all of the shows were free. 
That was one of the first things. Um, and this mental health awareness and people, places and things. I, if for anybody that didn't see it, I'm so sorry because it was really an awesome show. Um, when you go, it's 716, right? It's on Main Street, uh, the theater. So that's that's where the Arties were. It was at yes. uh, Shay's 710. 710. Correct. And the, the setup is so awesome. You're sitting right along the side of the stage. They're right in front of you, not high up, right in front of you, acting out um, this this awesome story, right? And when I say awesome story, I just mean in the epiphany that these are real stories. This is real life for someone or some people. And you almost engage in it because it's right there. So so I know there was a second show, and I did miss the second one. What was the name of the second one? The first one was People, Places, and Things, and the second one was what, Bob? Every Brilliant Thing. Every Brilliant Thing. I have to see that now. Right. I have to see that now, that play. I'm so sorry I didn't see that. And what's interesting is Kevin Craig won for Best Actor. Uh, you know, Alex won for Best, a- uh-huh. best Actress. He won for Best Actor. He came out... And the first thing he said on his acceptance uh-huh. speech was he reminded the audience that 988 yeah. is the 24-7 number to call if you feel you could harm yourself. And, you know, it, it's like these people yeah. were were living out their lives in these shows. And I know for yeah. a fact Alex yeah. was, was such... Uh, an advocate of getting this play to Brilliant. come to Buffalo um, mm-hmm. because it meant so much to her and, yeah. and and everybody around her. And you mentioned the free the free show. So it started out at the Cavanoke. That's where the the first run uh, the first run took place. Yeah. And it was uh, there was a, a a COVID situation that. Uh, caused the show to have to limit its performances. So not many performances were were held. So. But Scott Beeler from Western Automotive Group had seen one of the shows, and he said, more people need to see this play because it has so much meaning. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that are in need. And so he, in his benevolence, made arrangements with Shea 710 and with the producers, and all the actors came back, and they did this show, uh, and it was free for anyone who wanted to come yes. because that's that's what it meant to the community. So thank you, Scott Beeler, which Alex made it a point to make sure that he was recognized. So thank you, Scott. I, I really bragged about the the play. I really bragged about it. And and again, I I felt so sad for people who didn't see it because I was like, you missed such a great opportunity. Um, this mental health journey that we're on. Um, in in this world, to see how things connect between mental health, substance use, lack of understanding, suicidal ideation, healing, right? Support, resources, like it all came together so nicely as I was sitting there watching that performance. Um, and so uh, so I would definitely say, you know, if, if there's an opportunity for, for people to be able to go out and see this, don't miss it. All right. Well, our first segment is coming to a close. We're going to take a little meditative break, come back for segment two. We'll hear from Trey Love, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you.
today we have with us Trey Love. Trey Love is an actor, a model, a writer, a poet. He's also a dancer and a creative director. He has a web series he's been on. It's called Breathe. He's done season one and season two. The show has actually brought in over a million views. Where is this show? Where can you find the show, Breathe? So right now you can find it on uh, YouTube. You can follow the media page, which is Freshly Production. Um, that's where it's going to be at for now for free. And we are now transitioning to go on to um, Amazon Prime shortly. Well, that's outstanding. Really outstanding. Thank you. We are very happy to have you today. I, I've known Trey for some time now and throughout his youth. And so what we wanted to do was have some conversation today, of course, mental health awareness, right? We want to talk about um, s stigma. We want to talk about um, how his life has been affected over time. Of course, we are engaging in the conversation about LGBTQ community and creating some awareness today. And so bringing here Trey here today is to kind of hope that we can reach some people and help some people to be able to navigate through um, some of the pushback, some of the negative ways that people communicate and treat each other. Right. Trey, I know Melanie introduced you, but could you give us a little bit of your background as far as uh, you were born in Buffalo, correct? That's correct. Born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Um, and then I transitioned to North Carolina right around 2005 when I started high school. Um, and then from there, um, I've been to California, Atlanta, D.C., just been all around. And you're currently in Charlotte, North Carolina, correct? Right now, yes. I am based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I was starting high school and um, at the time, my mother wanted to have a better life for myself outside of Buffalo, New York. Um, she felt like she needed to raise me somewhere um, different. Um, and, of course, then I felt like, you know, I don't want to leave, but there was a lot of major reasons why I had to leave. Um, so, yeah, we transitioned here, and I thank her as an adult I am now for making that change for me. Can you tell us a little bit about but between the um, your teenage years and the high school years and being 31 now, can you tell us a little bit about how stigma has affected your life or not? Uh, well, yes. When I was younger, I really didn't know, like, it was okay to be uh, black queer. Um, it was always something that was, you know, shunned upon um, between just kids you're around, to adults, um, even to the characters we see on TV then, there was not many queer characters that gave a good representation. It was more so, let's make fun of. So growing up, it's like, I can kind of connect to those characters because I know that they're different. And me then was like, I know that I'm different, but I also don't want to be treated as a joke. And then, of course, kids are rude and mean when it comes to what gay is, and I've learned that it just come upon, but that's based on um, our communities, our environments, and from my experience, most of the time, it's it's our community, our black heterosexual community, who makes it a a thing where it's not accepted. And then it was hard. Even today, um, we got a lot better um, when it comes to accepting. Um, Socially, it's become a lot better, so. Trey, let me ask you this question, uh, if, mm -hmm. if you would like to answer this. So in any in any 
part of societal culture. There are extremists, there are conservatives, there are moderates. Is that true in the in the LGBTQ plus community? Uh, it, it, do you find that some people, you know, I mean, I can make trouble for myself. You know, is is that is that something that exists? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're still navigating from the heterosexual community surrounding us, and then now we're out in our own community still having some type of homophobia in our own self. Um, so, yes, that's, that's a real thing. Um, all of this is a learning experience for everyone, and it's even harder for us who are on the spectrum of the LGBTQI+, because we're still learning, and to expect everyone outside of us to show that same respect, it's, it's, it's kind of hard. And then to go further into that, um, within our own community, there's the, there's the, the, excuse me, there's a divide between black queer space and everyone else. Because that's not only where black people are gay, and then that's, that's, that's put it on a whole nother, whole nother thing. And, and as Melanie may have mentioned to you, this podcast is, uh, you know, called Journey to Mental Health. And what we're trying to do is address the causes and treatments of, of mental issues. And so yeah. with everything that you've gone through, how do you, how do you cope? What do you do for, for coping? So when I was a child, um, I really didn't realize what I was going through. Um, I just knew that I needed to express. So my form of expression and was dance. So I gravitated towards dance. Then once I got out of dance, I realized I needed something else. So that's where my my poetry came. That was the best way for me to heal myself alone. And which I've learned as I got older that Yes, you can take the time for yourself to heal, but you need help as well. You need a community. You need someone else outside of your own mind, you know? But before then, it was just me and my journal. And me and my journal, journal then turned into my writing. Then I realized that, hey, I can write these stories out, my real-life stories out. And it makes me feel good that it's out there. And not only that it makes me feel good, it also connects to others and inspires them. And as I got older, I'm uh, talking about my adolescent times, but then now as I'm older, before I started my spiritual journey and healing, I did cope in other ways that wasn't the best um, health-wise. Um, so I don't know if I should go deeper into that, but yeah, I'll leave it there. I love that you said, um, you know, some of the ways that you coped and you kind of put out there um, what you think others should do. Can you give us a picture of what you would say to someone else who you know has experienced? Um, And when we talk about stigma, we talk about uh, when a person experiences that, it affects their their personal life, um, work, whether or not they can go to work, how they feel about um, their relationships, their family connections. So what would you say to someone who who came along and said, hey, listen, this is what I'm going through, um, and I need help? What would you say to them? I would just give them the things that I do. Um, I would just tell them, like, right now you made the first step. You came to someone, and you admitted to yourself. That's the first step is admitting to yourself that you need the help and you're ready for it. That's step number one. Step number two is then finding that community who, you know, you feel comfortable with and talking to. A lot of people feel like they can't 
see a therapist or they can't afford therapy, there's a lot of programs that allow you to do that, um, you know, to help you with that. That's where my line of work I'm trying to get into where I can be able to help the people, like, give them the information. Right. Listen, you know, just backing up just a little bit, I'm sure there are listeners out there. So if you're comfortable talking about that, um, because, I, you know, for myself, as I've mentioned on the show before, uh, I've gone through, you know, my own my own demons and I am on medication, you know, uh, prescribed medication, which has been a big help. But I'm guessing you're talking about some other forms of unhealthy substances, perhaps that uh, took you down a, a spiral. I know when something needs to change and I know when it's going down. I looked in the mirror one day and I said, bro, what are you doing? This is not right. I realized back when I, <clears throat> let's just say um, when I was a child, a form of love that was presented to me was through molestation. So as I got a little bit older and now finding who I am for real, I felt like, okay, well, here is the sex. Sex is love, and I connected to those people who didn't use me for that. I wasn't the very smartest at, you know, protecting myself, and that landed me in a place that if you catch it, you catch it. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Certainly you were thrust into a situation where you were with people that you thought you could trust and that wasn't the case. That was not the case. So did you go down a did you go down a a, a path of, of drug use or, or alcohol abuse or was that not part of your uh, your coping mechanisms? So it wasn't any hard drug, but drinking definitely for sure um, went down there. I think outside of that, my thing was I guess I can say after it's over now, but my addition to, you know, sexual activity. I think we so appreciate you for being vulnerable today and having the conversations. Again, I love that Bob um, asked you to come back and invited you back, and, and I think that it would be really nice to have you back. Um, then I think we'll be a little more comfortable and able to um, spread the word a little more and kind of go a little bit deeper. So, Because I know that anyone who hears the show, um, I know we can have a lot of people come on to the show, but there's, I think there's a grave importance when we are talking about living the life being yeah. in the situation you know uh, rather than just talking about it so I, I really thank you and I would love for you to come back onto the show and have more conversation with us and help us to create some awareness um, and help us to guide young people to how they can have, get help and help young people to hear your words to, yeah. to know and feel like they're not alone um, and when I say young, I'm still talking about 31 because I am older than you. <laughs> so this really is us just trying to create some awareness, Trey, and trying to help um, as far as stigma, um, suicidal ideation, wishes to be dead, feeling alone, um, and, and just searching for a place to get some help. 
that's one of the reasons why I, I definitely wanted to jump in before and say thank you for being vulnerable because this is um, a trigger. You know, some of the things that we talked about here in Buffalo when we talk about um, recently, we just had the, the mass shooting and tops and some of the big questions around um, are like, how do you um, how do you move on? Right. And so in, in, in the conversation, is it re-traumatizing? And so the answer is yes. Right. But in that answer, there still is the thought that we still have to attend to some things in order to clear the plate, in order to make sure that we are um, we we make it known what we've been through, where we're at and how we've overcome. And so I, yeah. I, I definitely wanted to say thank you, because I know that this is re-traumatizing, just having the conversations and I, and I'm hoping that after you have these conversations with us, please reach out to your resources and your support systems um, to make sure that you are good moving forward throughout your day and your week. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, Trey, thank you for your time. And, you know, with all that you've got going on creatively uh, and uh, having, I know this, this program is going to air a little bit after the Tonys, but the Tony Awards were, were just a pleasure to watch. And so I say to you, my friend, break a leg. This second edition of Journey to Mental Health. What a great interview with Trey. He is so full of life. And he has so much to offer as far as um, knowledge and awareness um, of this, um, of the conversation of stigma. And and his mental health journey as well as um, just his life journey. Mm -hmm. Well, as we wrap up this, this show, let's talk about hope. Let's talk about what we can do for help in coping, whatever it is, anxiety, depression, suicide. Um, as we talk about hope, let's talk about the National Crisis Lifeline. Yeah. It's 988. Mm-hmm. And that's hasn't been in effect for too long. From what we're reading, it was July of 2022, so it's coming up on a, on a year. Yeah. Used to be a 10-digit number with an area code and all that, but now they have uh, created 988. It's funded by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. And when people call, they're connected to trained counselors and local crisis centers. And we have a couple of great phone numbers locally, which we can talk about too. There's the Spectrum Health Crisis Hotline, and that's 716-710-5172. That's 716-710-5172. And then, of course, crisis services that's been around for a long, long time. Yeah. 716-834-3131. It's 834-3131. You you have interactions with all of these organizations. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. obviously affiliated with Spectrum Health. Talk about their crisis line and what people can expect when they call that. First, let me just say that. So I'm really excited that they've come out with this three-digit number. Right. Um, matter of fact, I think the next time we do our podcast, we should call the number. 
Bob. You are living on the edge. I think we should call the number, Bob, next time. Just to see. Just to see. Why not? And so when you call Spectrum Health's um, crisis number, the counselor will answer the, the phone. The crisis counselor will answer the phone and try to assist you through the crisis. Um, and if we're talking about someone needing help right at the home in that moment, then we are saying, hey, let's reach out. Let's get crisis services to go over there immediately. Um, so so it is some conversation along with making sure that something physical is really happening. Right, right. And what if somebody, does it have to be the person in need? Can it be a loved one who says, you know, hey, I've got a, a son or a daughter or a, a spouse or whatever, a friend that needs help because the, the person going through it may not may not want to make that call? Yeah, anyone can call us, and if you're not a client of Spectrum, um, that doesn't stop the severity, right? That doesn't stop it. So that still means our crisis team is still going to call out because, again, the suicide ideation really has nothing to do with being a client or not. It's really about just making sure that we're helping in that moment in that time of your crisis. Very good. Well, speaking of helping people, you have to get back to work and start <laughs> helping people again in, in in a different way. Yeah. So um, thank you again for your time. We will do this again next month. Yes. And, uh, yes. Until then, never give up. You are so worth it. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye, all. This has been Journey to Mental Health, presented by Spectrum Health and Human Services. If you need immediate help, call Spectrum Health's 24-7 emergency line, 716-710-5172. That's 716-710-5172. Until next time, never give up the fight. You are worth it.